Welcome, Patreons, to the November Conspiracy Theory, brought to you by me. Yay! Carrie's here, too. I let her come. <laughs> Largely because I have the recording software. <laughs> Otherwise, um, it's just Laura talking to her laptop. <laughs> I mean, I could call you all individually, but that seems a little bit intrusive. Um... <laughs> Just to tell you the story. Right. Also repetitive and, uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, All right. What, she told me she had a funny story to tell me, so I'm waiting. Right. I do. Funny story. I have a funny story. So we just finished recording my conspiracy theory for October, the Jersey Devil, and I'm like, okay, I'll take a quick break, 10 minutes. It was hot in my office, so I was up here with all three dogs at the door shut, so we take a break. I go and I open my window. <clears throat> and I open it. I raise the blinds like four inches and I raise the window up like two inches just to, little, to let a little air circulate through here. Um, it's 40 degrees out right now, so I'm not like trying to open it all the way. So I do that and I poke my hand through the blinds and I unlock the locks and I go downstairs. And as I'm going downstairs, my I hear my mom coming in from the patio, the screen and porch. And she's going, oh, 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 and I'm like, what the fuck? And I hear her slam the Arcadia door. And the dogs are coming with me down the stairs. And so I kind of step up my pace going down the stairs. I'm like, Mom, what's wrong? And she's like, there's something outside. And I was like, what? So I go flying into the kitchen as she's in the dining room by the Arcadia door. And... She's like, there's Carrie, there's something outside. And I was like, what do you mean there's fucking something outside? She's like, where's Chewie? I'm like, he's right here. She's like, where's Tater and Leia? And I'm like, they're with me. They were up with me in the office. And she's like, oh my God. She's like, there's something outside. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So I go out under the screen porch and I'm like, where? And so she, she's like, over there. And she points over behind the grill. And I'm like... We have our floodlights on because we turn them on at night for the dogs, but they don't illuminate the whole backyard. So I'm looking and I'm like, I'm like, where? She's like, it sounded like it was right behind the grill, kind of pawing or clawing, digging at the ground. And I'm like, what? And I kind of pause and I turn to look at her and I was like, when? And she goes, just right now, as soon as I, like, right before I came in. And I <laughs> I started laughing. I'm like, Mom, that was me. I opened my window upstairs. That's funny. Because my podcast office window faces the backyard. And so what she heard was me messing with the blinds uh-huh. and opening the window. And I guess to her it sounded like pawing or clawing in the yard. And she's like, when did you do that? And I'm like, literally right now, like right about the time you heard it, I was doing it. And then we both came in or like, I was coming downstairs as you were coming in. I'm like, that was me. And she's like, Oh my God. She's like, Carrie, she goes, did you see my text? And I was like, no, she's like, I texted you. I was like, I I got it, but I was recording. So if you listen to the Jersey devil, you'll hear my text tone go off. And that was her. Well, she was sending. <laughs> She's so crazy. <laughs> she was sending me a screenshot of an article that she saw online. That the title is "Waves of Armadillos Descending on North Carolina Lawns." NCWRC asking for help. <laughs> 
<laughs> so she thinks it's an armadillo. She absolutely thought an armadillo had gone into our backyard. <laughs> One armadillos are super cute. I was like, what are you... And they don't do anything. Yeah, I was like, Mom, they probably... I, was, I, I could not stop laughing. I was like, I have absolutely got to tell everybody about this in the recording. <laughs> so... Yeah, she was. Um, she was hoping it was chewy. Um, she was terror. We don't have armadillos in Arizona, do we? No. Mm-mm. No, I had them in Texas. What? Well, you know, I saw one on the side of the dead on the side of the road. It was the first armadillo I ever saw when we were driving back here to move. Mm-hmm. They're big. They're big. Yeah, <laughs> I was big. like, I we really saw it, and my mom was like, "What the fuck was that?" I'm like, "I think it was an armadillo." And she was like, whoa, there's a bunch of different roadkill back here. I'm like, yeah, there really is. <laughs> the thing with armadillos is you never really, or at least, okay, where, where I lived, I never really saw them alive. You would see them dead on the road because they come out at night. And they're yeah. clearly hard to see. They're low to the ground. <laughs> like, right. So, yeah, you'd see them, like, dead. But when I finally, I had been trying to stalk this one that was coming out around my neighborhood Oh, so I could see them when they're alive because I wanted to see one that wasn't fucking dead on the side of the road. <laughs> I'm chasing this fucking armadillo through the bushes. <laughs> oh my god! I did. So really, he was cute. They were cute. Was did cute. you get a picture? No, dude. I barely even got to see it. <laughs> you're like I my. Do I had to stalk it? You're like my heart took a picture. <laughs> it's ingrained. It's ingrained in my mind forever. So basically, we are scarier to armadillo than they are to us. Yes, they don't. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, I'll be sure to tell my mom. <laughs> Laura chased one. <laughs> the word yeah, she used was stalked. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. She was, I was pretty determined to see one that was alive. Determined. <laughs> I'm not leaving the state until I see a fucking armadillo, a live armadillo. Um, yeah, so she um, had read the article and then like just knew that an armadillo because it. I mean, the the title does make it sound like it's those fucking like those a wave like zombies from The Walking Dead, just <laughs> coming right? In. Or those fucking um, what were those bugs that came out in like in the summer between like April and cicadas. June? Cicadas, it, oh, like yeah. that. She just mm. like I, I guess I, that maybe that's what she she thought it, it was, but um, yeah, it was just really. Un- I'm like, mom, it was just really unfortunate timing. She's like, you're a fucking asshole. I was like, I didn't know you were outside. <laughs> Let alone going to think something was pawing at the yard behind the grill. That's so hilarious. yeah, she's like, you're a fucking asshole. I was like, you're an idiot. <laughs> so yeah. Funny. Yeah, my mom and I are actually very, very close. So, you know, her calling me a fucking asshole, me calling her an idiot. It's just really kind of just that we do. Um, so, yeah, anyway, that was my fun little story that happened on break. And, uh, yeah, that's that's all I have. Also, uh, buy a hoodie, buy a sweatshirt. The sale ends Friday night. Black Friday. com slash shop. Go now. All right. Listen to them go. Okay. I can hear the clicks. I can. I can too. The little mouse movement. I can hear it. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah, tell guys. She's gonna think it's an armadillo again. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe we should have an armadillo beer mascot. 
Okay, sorry, mommy. I love you. She's a Patreon. Right. Not that she listens to these, but watch her listen to this fucking one because she's very interested in what you're talking. I told her what you were doing, and she's like, "Oh, that sounds really interesting." So watch her listen to this. All right. Anyway, go. All right. <laughs> so, uh, my conspiracy theory for this month is the curse of the Hope Diamond. Yes. Um, I got my yeah. I got my information from thegreatcoursesdaily.com and thoughtco.com. Cool. I hope so. Um, okay. oh, I get it. I hope so. <laughs> Let's see what you did there. <laughs> um, according to the legend, uh, a curse attends the owner of the Hope Diamond. A curse that first befell the large blue gem when it was plucked from an idol in India. A curse that foretold bad luck and death, not only for the owner of the diamond, but for all who touched it. Ooh. Whether or not, right? Whether or not you believe in curses, the Hope Diamond has intrigued people for centuries. Curses are real. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's as the armadillos. It's perfect quality. It's large size, and it's a rare color, make it strikingly unique and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Several centuries ago, a man named Tavernier made a trip to India in the mid 1600s. At the time, India was the only known source of diamonds in the world. Um, They hadn't yet been discovered in Brazil or South Africa. So there was a multitude of stories told about how diamonds were obtained. Stories that went back to ancient times and were retold by the likes of people like Marco Polo. Uh, But it was uh, Tavernier, who actually went to see the diamond mines firsthand, and who came back with the fullest descriptions of them. Um, when he was there, he also bought hundreds of diamonds, and he often traded them for pearls he acquired in the Middle East on the way. Really? Um, th- yeah. Huh. So the Indians had elaborate ideas about gemstones. Um, they believed that they had protective powers. Uh, they did not cut gemstones the way that we do today. Um, instead, they tended to preserve as much of the stone as they could, and they only cut out cracks and other imperfections. Okay. Uh this, it was believed, maximized their ability to protect one from evil influences. Uh, the idea was that the gems absorb negative influences and contain mm-hmm. them in the stone, um, kind of like a Pandora's box. Okay. Prettier. But prettier. <laughs> <laughs> Rulers uh, wore lots of diamonds and other gems. The bigger, the better. And that would protect them or give them the most protection. I mean, other that's what Indians, I do. I mean, yeah, same. Um, My diamond collection is l- large. Large, Legend. way legendary, way bigger than Kim Kardashian's. <laughs> sure. Uh, other Indians wore smaller talismans uh, with smaller and different gems for the same purpose. So back to uh, Tavernier. While in India, he supposedly stole a large blue diamond from the forehead or eye of the statue of the Hindu goddess Sita. Mm. For this transgression, according to the legend, Tavernier was torn apart by wild dogs on a trip to Russia after he had sold the diamond. Oh, God. Do- dogs or armadillos? Well, they don't have armadillos in Russia, as far as I know, but I'm sure they were armadillo-like dogs. I'm sure they very, were. The armor on the back. To the ground. Yeah. Very... The tiny snout. Yeah. Look like little tiny dinosaurs. <laughs> Terrifying. Uh, <laughs> This was the first horrible death attributed to the curse, and there would be many to follow. So before his untimely death, uh, Tavernet had gone back to France in 1668, where he was invited by the French king Louis XIV to visit him at court to describe his adventures and sell him diamonds. So Louis XIV was called the Sun King. Um, If you have ever been to Versailles, 
You know what? <laughs> the minute you said Louis the Fourteenth, I was like, "Go the fuck on!" I have to hear about all of this. I know all about oh, that. So yes, I'm gonna dig this part. Oh God! Yes, sorry. Go on. So he viewed his reign as one of enlightenment, of letting in the light of divine kingship, of letting knowledge, beauty, and the art shine. At Versailles, the glass of the chandeliers are exquisitely cut to reflect and refract the light. Mirrors, windows, and the dazzling use of light in the architecture and the decor are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Louis XIV uh, bought the large blue diamond, as well as 44 large diamonds and little over 1,100 other smaller diamonds. Ah, uh, how do I not know this? I don't know. I'm bringing the history to you. Oh, my God. I love Louis so, XIV. Right? So, in 1673, uh, your favorite king, Louis XIV, decided to recut the diamond to enhance its brilliance. Uh, the newly cut gem was 67 and an eighth carats. Uh, Jesus. Louis XIV officially named it the Blue Diamond of the Crown, and he would often wear um, the diamond on a long ribbon around his neck, which doesn't seem very secure, but you know, whatever. I mean, um, hey, you know, they get it. So in 1749, Louis XIV's great-grandson, Louis XV, was king and ordered the crown jeweler to make a decoration for the Order of the Golden Fleece, and they used the Blue Diamond. So when Louis the Fifteenth died, oh, whoops, hold on, sorry. Do 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 do. I just lost my place. I needed my whole thing. Do 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 do. Okay, wait. Sorry, hold. <laughs> I did I the same. Accidentally closed my whole notes. <laughs> oh Jesus! You're like so the lead masks. <laughs> Have I told you about Gettysburg lately? <laughs> I think we should talk about Mothman again. Right. Um, okay, so his grandson, Louis the, um, Louis the 16th, um, became king with Marie Antoinette as his, key, as his queen. Marie Antoinette and Louis the 16th were beheaded during the French Revolution, mm-hmm. um, but not, of course, because of the Blue Diamond's curse. Although it has been insinuated that she did wear the diamond, there is no proof of that. Okay. So... I mean, and with or without that diamond, that was going to happen to them anyway. Yeah, things were not looking too good for them. The French really hated the royal family. (laughs) They were pretty fucking sick of that shit. They were over it. (laughs) Yeah, for So during the reign of terror, the crown jewels, including the blue diamond, were taken from the royal couple after they attempted to flee France in 1791. Uh, The jewels were placed in the royal storehouse, but they were not well guarded. Um, somewhere between September 12th and 16th of 1791, the storehouse was repeatedly looted, um, mm. something the officials didn't notice until September 17th. Um, though most of the crown jewels were soon recovered, the blue diamond was not, and it disappeared. Oh. So the French blue diamond went missing for about 20 years until a smaller 45-carat blue diamond turned up in London in 1812. Oh, shit. In the possession of an English diamond merchant named Daniel Eliasson. Okay. Now, Mr. Eliasson didn't say where it came from, but there was speculation it was cut down from the French blue. Uh, This 45-carat blue diamond, as drawn in a document of the time, is the same one that is in the Smithsonian today. Oh, God, I love it. All right. Oh, so, Jesus. Eliasson 
sold the blue diamond to British King George IV. Okay. George IV celebrated the diamond as a trophy for defeating his enemy Napoleon. He wore the blue diamond in a new golden fleece decoration. The British king, though, was a big spender who almost bankrupted the throne. <laughs> After the king died in 1830, his executor, the Duke of Wellington, had to sell the blue diamond to pay off his debts. He sold it to Henry Philip Hope, who was a great diamond collector. Oh, was he British? Um, I think Hope is... I don't know. I No, I don't know. To be honest, he, he must have been. We'll go with yes. Okay, cool. I feel good with that. I do too. Um, since he had never married, um, Henry Philip Hope left his estate to his three nephews when he died in 1839. The Hope Diamond went to the eldest um, of the nephews, Henry Thomas Hope. Man, I don't have any rich uncles. I know. Fuck me. Damn. (laughs) I'm willing to take them on if anybody knows of any. Um, But not like uncle, wink, wink, like. Right. Like somebody gave me money. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And diamonds, but not cursed diamonds. Diamonds Diamonds are acceptable. Uh, The diamond was then passed down through several generations of the Hope family until it reached Francis Hope. Now, Francis bet badly on horses, business enterprises, and an American showgirl wife named May Yo. I'm telling you, the rich cannot handle their fucking money. They can't. Just give me a chance to prove I won't do the same thing. Right. That's all I'm asking for. Right. So he lost his fortune and his wife. And after a series of court cases, he was finally allowed to sell the Hope Diamond. Um, it was purchased by New York jeweler Joseph Frankel's Son and Company in 1901. Okay. So, Frankel's hoped to make a quick sale and a big profit as they'd put up much of their business capital to buy the diamond. Damn. Instead, the overvalued diamond sat in their vault. The 1907 banker's panic, especially, um, initially, essentially a recession. Sorry. Wow, that's a lot of words. There's a lot of S's in those words. (laughs) It was a lot of happening. So Frankel's um, was diamond rich, but cash poor and going bankrupt. Okay. Um, The Hope Diamond was finally sold at a bargain price to other diamond dealers, finally coming into the hands of the Cartier brothers in Paris. Ooh. Yeah. Sorry. So Cartier sold the diamond to Evelyn Walsh McLean and her husband, Edwards. Edward. I don't know if she had multiple Edwards, but just the one. The very wealthy couple. He was the son of the owner of the Washington Post, and she was the daughter of a successful gold miner. Uh, They were vacationing in Europe when they met with Cartier. And Cartier spun them a fantastical tale regarding the diamond. Cartier told the McLeans about Nicolas Fouquet, Fouquet or whatever, a French official who was executed, Princess de Lamballe, who was beaten to death by a French mob. The 14th and Marie Antoinette were beheaded. In 1908, Sultan Abdul Hamid of Turkey purchased the stone and subsequently lost his throne. And his favorite, Sabea, wore the diamond and was slain. His favorite what? It says Sabea, but I'm guessing that's like a concubine. Oh, okay. Um, The Greek jeweler Simon... Menthodorus Menthoridus was killed when he, his wife, and child rode over a precipice. Ugh. Right? The grandson of Henry Thomas Hope, for whom the diamond is named, died penniless. Um, there was a Russian count and an actress who owned the stone in the early 20th century and came to bad ends. Um, 
But armadillos. Again, yeah, there are armadillos everywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but research. Everybody was killed by an armadillo. <laughs> yeah. But research reports that many of these stories were either misleading or just lies. Um, but the McQueens did eventually purchase the diamond from Cartier. Um, though McLean um, wore the Hope Diamond as a good luck charm, um, others saw the curse strike her too. McLean's firstborn son, Vincent, died in a car crash when he was only nine. Uh, McLean suffered another major loss when her daughter committed suicide at age 25. Ugh. In addition to all this, Ned McLean went insane and the family lost the Washington Post in bankruptcy. Despite oh, Evelyn trying to use the Hope Diamond as collateral for a loan, Evelyn actually pawned the Hope Diamond in 1932 <gasps> to hire an investigator to track down the kidnappers of Charles Lind- Lindbergh's baby. Whoa, shut up! No, why? Wait, why? Was she looking for the. Well, right, but I mean. For socialites, I'm sure they probably knew the people, and that was. Oh, okay. Big, that, like, all of America oh. was so invested in what was, you know, what happened to the baby. That was. We should do that as a true crime story. We should, that's a good one. Yeah. Dibs. Um, the remaining money was to be used for a possible ransom. However, the money wasn't needed, and they returned the diamond to her. Um, so at this point, do you know what the value of the diamond is at this point in the story? No, I don't know. But I'm, I'm I mean, millions. I'm sure even then. And it's still forty six carats, or it has it been yeah. cut down again? No, no, no. They didn't cut it anymore, so it's okay. still the whatever forty something. Okay. Um. So Evelyn died in nineteen forty seven, and the estate sold the Hope Diamond to Harry Winston. Oh, I love him. So. Yeah, right? So I mean, on numerous I... occasions, Winston offered the diamond to various ladies to be worn at balls to raise money for charity. Um, Winston donated the Hope Diamond to the Smithsonian Institute in 1958 to be the focal point of a newly established gem collection, as well as to inspire others to donate. Um, on November 10th, 1958, the Hope Diamond traveled in a plain brown box by registered mail and was met by a large group of people at the Smithsonian who celebrated its arrival. <laughs> The Smithsonian received a number of letters and newspaper stories suggesting that the acquisition of such an ill-famed stone by a federal institution meant bad luck for the entire country. The curators of the Smithsonian oh, like, just thought that was crazy. Um, and obviously, Well! <laughs> I think I'm going to take my chances. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of been simmering, but... Right. <laughs> So, however, in the months that followed, James Todd, the postman who delivered that package, suffered a series of misfortunes. His wife died, his leg was crushed, his dog was strangled, and his house burned down. Oh, my God. <laughs> According to stories, yeah. Um, so, the Hope Diamond is currently on display as part of the National Gem and Mineral Collection in the National Museum of Natural History for all to see. Have you seen it? I've seen it. I have not. I've never you haven't? I'd really <gasps> like to go, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've seen it. I um, I was 10, and we had actually come here to Raleigh to visit my family, and we went up to D.C., and we went to the Smithsonian. And the only reason I wanted to go to the Smithsonian, because when you're 10, you're not really into museums, mm-hmm. but they had Dorothy's slippers at the Smithsonian. Oh, cool. Yeah. And that's all I wanted to see. But then I, they were... I. They had this gem collection, and I was like, ooh, sparkly things. And, um, yeah, so it's gorgeous. I'm so glad to see you haven't changed. I believe I mean, it, yeah. Oh, I my goodness. But I'm sure in person it's even, you know. It's so stunning. And we'll put pictures of it up on the Patreon. But it is, like, 
when I saw it, they had it like in a glass case and it had this beautiful like special light shining on it and it was on black mm. velvet and it was surrounded by white diamond. It, I was like, <gasps> and then right. that's when my affinity for sparkly things began. <laughs> I was like, I would like to have this diamond. How can I get it? I mean, who wouldn't? Just uh, give me a price. I'm not trying to haggle. <laughs> <laughs> Just lay it off for me. Just tell me. Uh, so people have speculated that the Hope Diamond was on the Titanic, but it was not. Um, on the, Titanic. <laughs> the, her- the ocean necklace yes. was actually a sapphire. It was not the Hope Diamond. Um, in That's in funny. $19, the Hope Diamond was worth about $350 million. All right, listen, I'm just going to have to dip into the Patreon a little bit. A little bit. And bias this diamond, okay? I say... We'll share it. Let's do this. Sounds fair. We'll share it. All right. Cool. 350 million? 350 mil. All right, we'll have to wait... 2019. We'll have to wait a couple of months before the Patreon has that much money. Just a couple. It's fine. Yeah. We're on it. We're on it. Wow. Yeah, pretty cool, and that's the story of the Curse of the Hope Diamond. I love it. Great job. Great job. Oh, oh my. I had no idea Louis Fourteenth fucking had it. Yeah. Yeah. So. <sighs> pretty cool. I'm a terrible royal family researcher. I know all, I know all about the British royal family. All, going all the way back to Henry Seventh and the War of the Roses. Yeah. Going all the way back there. Um, Louis the Fourteenth, love, love that whole story. Uh, he wasn't a great guy. I mean, when I say I love mm-hmm. Louis the Fourteenth, he wasn't a great guy. But Versailles is fucking stunning, uh, and it was built all because of his paranoia. So it doesn't really surprise me at all that he had this diamond. Because that yeah. he wanted everything to be beautiful and opulent. And even if he knew that it was cursed or that it was stolen or if that mm-hmm. it was any... He wouldn't have cared. Um, the Versailles is literally a product of one man's paranoia. Um, yeah. But it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. So it doesn't surprise me at all that, that he had this diamond. Yeah, and when you learn like what Versailles was really like when it was running, it sounds fucking gross. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, there was so much. Um, the nobles had to live there; they couldn't live on their own land. They had to live there with him. He was so paranoid they were going to try to overthrow him. Um, then they were poisoning each other, and it was a whole fucking mess. <laughs> it, it was, was just ridiculous. And it was, like just shit and piss in the hallways and stuff it was gross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was awful. Um, plus, also, it was the fucking, like, you know, 14, 1500s where, you know, they didn't have, like, bathrooms anyway. So it was just. Yeah, no hygiene, uh, no, like, oh, yeah. No hygiene, no, like, candles. So there was constantly that, like, smell of, like, wax. You know, it wasn't scented. You know, it wasn't soy. Mm-hmm. So it just, yeah, it was just. But, um, oh, God, Versailles. My niece, um, Jennifer's daughter, Emma. Graduates high school this year, and um, Jennifer's mom has told her that she will take her anywhere in the world she wants to go. She did the same thing with Jennifer's son, Jared, when he graduated a few years ago, and Jared chose Ireland and Scotland, while Emma has chosen Paris. So when I was there this last time, me and Jennifer and Emma were playing 
apples to apples when we were talking about her Paris trip. And I said, you've got to go to Versailles. And Emma goes, what's Versailles? And I was like, oh. I'm about to fucking bombard you with stories and videos about Versailles. So, um... I like this. I like this story. The story is really good. And it's very similar to the Kohanur diamond that I had mm -hmm. done in the Haunted Objects episode. Right. Yeah. That one is... And I like how it also fell into the hands of the British royal family, too. Oh, yeah. This Same. made the rounds, man. And, 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 and it people did. that you would consider, like, like royals at the time mm -hmm. um, around here. You know, I mean... Yeah, yeah. Those people, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the Koh-Anur diamond, that's another Indian gemstone. Mm -hmm. um, and it currently sits in the crown of the Queen Mother, who passed away in early 2000s. It's on mm -hmm. display in the um, crown, the crown jewels house at the Tower of London. I would have gotten a picture of it when we went, but my mother refused to let me. Um, but next time, it's fucking on. I'm absolutely doing it. Um <clears throat> Also, I um, now I, I have a renewed desire to drive three hours up the road and go to the Smithsonian just to see this diamond again. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I wonder if I could do a Facebook do Live. You should. I should. You think I can? Uh, probably not in the Smithsonian. Yeah, probably not. I think that's dumb, though. Although I did sneak a couple of Facebook lives from the Winchester house and they didn't, you weren't allowed to do that either. But I was just sort of like carrying my phone all chill, like la 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 la. No, I'm texting. <laughs> I am so stealth. I am so stealth. Um, anyway, great job. This was a really cool story. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah, it was a really cool story. That was great. Writing um, it. I think the guy deserved it. The guy who stole it from, you know, popped it out of. Yeah. I think, you know, hey, that's what you get. Mauled by armadillos. That's what I took from it. Fuck it. Mm -mm. Don't do it. Don't do it. trust an armadillo. You can't trust an armadillo. And also, don't take anything that is ancient and historic. We did an episode on King Tut. Same fucking thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't do it. Bad, bad, bad. Go and observe and embrace it and, you know, immerse yourself in that time of existence. Don't steal. Don't steal. Certainly not diamonds like this. No, for real. Bad, 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 bad. Just say no. Don't ever take anything out of a god, like a Hindu goddess statue. Mm-hmm. Bit one, bitches be crazy. Two, no <laughs> <laughs> fury. You know what I mean? Seriously. <laughs> don't do it. Don't just don't do it. Just don't do it. Um, tell her it's pretty. It's really sparkly, and you're gonna go home and create a replica. That's you know that's enough. Um, yeah. That was a good one. Good job. Right, good job. Yay. Hope you guys like it. Yeah. Hope you guys like it. We're going to put pictures of it up. Um, and will you text me the name of the guy so I can add a picture of him that stole it? Tavernier? Sure. Okay. Um, 
All right, guys, we're going to go. Uh, these are, We're dropping all of these on you uh, tonight. Uh, so I need to go and gather up all the pictures and get all of this ready for you. Um, we appreciate you. We are so grateful for you. We want to welcome um, Donna and our new Patreon, Callie. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. We're super, super grateful for your generosity and your bravery at coming on this fucking crazy train. So uh, to that end, Laura and I are going to go, and uh, tomorrow we have two more episodes to bring you. Uh, because we're recording this on Tuesday night, these Patreon conspiracy theories, we are behind on the regular episode. So while you should be getting the regular episode tomorrow morning, you're actually going to get it tomorrow night. It's a whole thing. I swear to God we're going to get straightened out. I pinky swear. Um, we're really working to get caught up. Just we are really working to get caught up. Mm-hmm. She's yes. harassing me all the time. It's really funny. Literally all the time. Literally all the time. She's over it. But I don't actually give a fuck. Uh, she does not care, she she does not care mm-hmm. about my feelings. No, I don't. We're going to end up in therapy soon, I think. But sorry. I mean, where do you think Archie is? <laughs> Just going to leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, we love you guys. Thank you so much. And um, I think that's it. I don't have anything. You got anything? Uh, nope. Okay. I got to go write two episodes. <laughs> no, you don't have to write one. I got to write two. Oh, one. Yeah, we're caught up on the conspiracy theories now. Okay, everybody, Patreons, welcome to our podcast meeting. So we're caught up on conspiracy theories tomorrow we're doing the vicarage in sweden so you gotta write that one i have to write that one and then the next conspiracy theory is december we're we're not recording that tomorrow right no we're not we are no we're not so we're recording the regular episode tomorrow other ones yeah okay that's why i have my schedule around here somewhere (gasps) oh shit we are wait Oh, two regular episodes. You're right. Shit. Great. I get to write three. So, so probably we record one tomorrow and then one Saturday or something. We'll see. Anyway, you guys can be surprised as surprised as we are. Let's see how this goes. But we're catching up. We're doing it. We're on it. Everybody. As Patreons, exclusive content that you get is seeing how we manage to keep this a well-oiled machine. 100%. All right. Well, we love you again a million times. I can't say it enough. Laura, I love you a million times, and I cannot say it enough. And we're going to go. I'm actually going to go and um, put together some evidence and video so that we can release that to the Patreons. So I've I've got, yeah, I've got evidence to review. So it's my night. Enjoy. What are you doing? Writing episodes? Uh, Yeah, and I'm going to try to run an errand. So, oh, thank God you said an errand. Because if you just left it, I'm going to try to run. I would have been like, you're fucking fired. I do not hang out with people who run. <laughs> Goodbye. No. No? Running. No? Is that, is, okay. All right, cool. All right. Bye, guys. We love you. Stay safe bye. out there.